0: You're listening to a TVO podcast.
1: Hi, Karina. Hi, Pippa. So this is a word that we've been wanting to do for a while, but uh, I'm glad we saved it for this year.
0: Yeah, me too, because I I think we can all agree that 2020 is hashtag cancelled.
1: Yes, it is. Like, okay, so if you follow Google Trends, uh, searches for cancel or cancelled, peaked in March of this year, obviously, while people were searching for, like, canceled flights and canceled events. But searches for cancel culture, this surprised me, didn't actually peak-peak until mid-July of this year. Paired with searches for, like, JK Rowling, Don Cherry, or words like open letter.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think I uh, definitely account for a couple of those searches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, And even though, like, personally, I feel just completely wearied by how many op-eds we've had about, like, cancel, cancel culture, and, like, cancel culture doesn't exist, we're coming in today with the word bomb treatment to look at what does this word actually mean, especially in the context of this year.
0: Okay, so the word itself, cancel, goes back to the 1440s, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, and it's generally meant the same thing it does today for the, like, 500 years since it surfaced. So um, I guess we can just roll credits and end the episode. (laughs) Um, There. That's it. (laughs) That's all she wrote. Uh, No, okay. So, yeah, it's always meant, like, to deface, to obliterate, to cross out, to destroy. Um, I could go on. Basically the same idea we're still getting at when we say someone is cancelled today.
1: Right. Cancelling someone today is saying that like a subscription, we are cancelling our patronage of that person and, you know, their social media presence or their movies or their books or their music or just their work. Right. So the classic cancellation pattern
0: is a bad act happens or is dredged up from the past and it gets passed around on social media and then people call for them to be cancelled
1: in order to punish them financially or hurt their reputation or their status. I've heard people use the word deplatform, platform which I really like. I feel like that's totally it. Like, cancelling is a way of taking away the power of someone's voice. Yeah,
0: I like deplatform. It's more specific. There w- there have been a lot of viral op-eds about cancel culture, like we said. But in one from The New York Times, uh, Lisa Nakamura, a prophet at the University of Michigan, was quoted describing it in terms of the, quote, attention economy. She said when you deprive someone of your attention, you're depriving them of a livelihood.
1: Yeah, it's like cancelling is a call to action as well. If I say Karina Palmatesta is cancelled on Twitter, <gasps> I'm like initiating a boycott and like telling my followers to cancel you as well. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not remotely famous enough to be cancelled though.
1: It's true, you can't really cancel people that you aren't subscribed to in the first place. Most of the time, right, when we talk about cancellation, we are referring to a famous person who's behaved badly and people are trying to diminish their power. So they had power to start with. But there's like a massive spectrum of behaviors and and of consequences. A lot of them came out during Me Too, right? In some of these cases, even though there was despicable behavior, sometimes there was consequences and sometimes not.
0: Yeah, like, that whole Me Too wave, I think, took with it. Harvey Weinstein is an obvious one. Um, right.
1: Bill Cosby. And they've been, like, convicted.
0: Yeah. But here's another another one, uh, Louis C.K., but he was back to performing within the year.
1: Right. And then there are cases, even within the Me Too spectrum, that come closer to, like, the gray areas. Like, famously, the Aziz Ansari, Babe.net accusation.
0: Yeah, uh, a writer published an article on babe.net called, I went on a date with Aziz Ansari and it turned into the worst night of my life. And it basically described a really bad, cringy, awkward date with Aziz Ansari, where he definitely sounded really pushy, um, but certainly not a Harvey Weinstein level monster. And a lot was made over that fact, right? Like, where do you draw the line? what behavior needs to be outed publicly and what is just someone being a garden variety creep which is not actually illegal <laughs>
1: right like what should actually hurt somebody's career forever and what is just like reprehensible mm-hmm. all these cancellations the me too ones and the ones we mentioned before are all slightly different even though they use the same word canceled like in some i will never listen to that person's music again or i'll never watch their movies and for some of them, you encounter them and you just sort of cringe or you have a bad feeling when you come across their work. I've actually even had
0: that feeling, but like a disembodied version of that feeling when I'm talking about some celebrity and then I pause and have this moment of doubt. And I'm like, wait, wait, is he allowed? Am I not, am I not <laughs> supposed to like him? Has he done something bad? There really are too many terrible stories for my brain, at least, to keep track of.
1: It's like your stomach remembers, but your brain can't remember what story to attach that feeling to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you have anyone who comes to mind who, like, you still like their work, you still listen to their music, or you watch their movies, but I guess, like, I'm asking, who's your problematic fave?
0: Uh, um, (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm outing myself publicly here, but I'll be vulnerable, and I'll tell you that... (laughs) I did really like Louis C.K. before the whole thing, and sometimes you know when you're on YouTube and you just want to watch something familiar. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just watch a bit. I know, wow. I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, yeah, that you I, you said problematic fave. So there you go. There's one. You're canceled. <laughs> As we covered before, <laughs> I don't have enough of a following. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. safe. <laughs> You're safe. Anyway, moving on. Um, as a lot of people have pointed out, in so many cancellations, there are these cringy feelings or um, you know, hiatus in their career, but they don't last all that long.:
1: Yeah, in most of the people that we've mentioned so far, like, many of them are back to working maybe not as much or not to the same audience, but they're definitely doing fine. And there are like certain cases where I think cancellation that started online has created like lasting real world consequences. Like I'd say that Gameshi didn't face any consequences for his actions until women came forward online with their accounts, you know, through like EXO Jane or Canada Land or anonymous Twitter accounts of his teddy bear. Um, <laughs> I think, It's safe to say, like, he's an example of somebody who's actually been canceled. Like, he lost his job and he has made a few attempted comebacks through the years, but he hasn't seen any success.
0: Yeah, a true cancellation success story, although he was found not guilty on all charges. (sighs) But, um, yeah, I think it's safe to say he's definitely faced consequences. Or to give another example of a real cancellation... um, R. Kelly. Like, if an R. Kelly song comes on now, there's definitely this feeling that you have to jump for the volume dial.
1: Yeah. Like, for the most part, we're talking about people who still get to make art, they still have fans, they still make money. And then there are some cancellations of lesser-known people, where the cancellation itself, like, brings people attention that they didn't actually have in the first place.
0: Right, which is kind of the opposite of what the cancellers were going for, but I can completely see how that happens.
1: Yeah, like, think of Megan Murphy. This is a Canadian writer who started the website The Feminist Current, and she's been cancelled for having very transphobic views. She said of her own cancellation to The New York Times, quote, it backfired and I gained a bigger profile. She referred to her cancellation as a gift.
0: Ooh, a gift. She So she got, like, more stock in the attention economy.
1: Yeah, like, she can't be on Twitter anymore, but... I didn't know who she was before.
0: No, me neither. This also makes me think of Alison Roman, right? She's a food journalist for the New York Times, and she was interviewed, and she kind of dragged Chrissy Teigen, and Mm -hmm. Chrissy Teigen responded on Twitter. There was a whole thing. Um, Alison Roman was put on leave at her job, but I didn't... I, I had kind of heard of her name before, but I didn't know her face or her work particularly well, and when this whole thing came up... You know, like, I googled her, I looked up some of her recipes, I watched some of her YouTube videos, like, I definitely consumed some Alice and Roman content that I wouldn't have otherwise.
1: This whole thing, the whole cancellation thing makes me think of my mom's advice when my older brother was bugging me growing up, and she'd say, like, just ignore him and he'll stop. It's like, we are trying to just stop bad behavior by, like, taking away our attention, but it doesn't work.
0: Well, and... Twitter isn't really good for ignoring people. Twitter doesn't reward you for ignoring people or not commenting on or engaging with things. It's it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. So if canceling someone doesn't often have lasting consequences, except in, like, a few really egregious cases, why do we cancel?
1: Yeah, like, is it just this reactionary, like, lashing out, is it a joke? Like I feel like saying canceled sincerely in this episode is kind of like making me giggle. Like yeah, yeah me too. We almost are always kidding when we use the word canceled. And and I think for a bunch of these there's like this gleeful quality to cancellations. But I don't think that's what pure canceling is at its root.
0: Yeah, I agree with you about the gleeful thing, like the piling on thing. It's like a oh. it's like a hobby or like a group activity. Um <laughs>
1: Which we need this year. Which we
0: really need this
1: year. (laughs) Yeah, and it's been around for a while. In terms of tracking the roots of cancellation, I need to credit this awesome Vox article from August of this year that breaks down the roots of cancelling by Asia Romano. Romano mentions this 1991 film, New Jack City, in which a gangster named Nino Brown, played by Wesley Snipes dumps his girlfriend, and he says, quote, cancel that bitch, I'll buy another one.
0: Oh, how delightfully gross.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and um, Lil Wayne references that moment in his song I'm Single from 2010, and he says, quote, he had to cancel that bitch like Nino, Mm. which is a reference I never got before. Mm. But to get us closer to cancel in today's cultural zeitgeist, the way we mean it today, Romano really credits the reality show Love and Hip Hop New York So in 2014, a cast member broke up with his romantic interest, saying, quote, you're cancelled.
0: So in all of those cases, cancelling is about ending a relationship in a pretty dismissive and uh, misogynistic
1: way. (laughs) Yeah, like about as harsh as you could be in a breakup situation. Mm -hmm. But then it started to pick up usage mostly credited to Black Twitter, beginning as a joke or like a clapback in non-romantic situations, and then became this way to collectively boycott people. And in those situations, cancellation wasn't just done with the word cancel. Like, if you look at the hashtag usage, it seems like hashtag person is cancelled hashtags and then hashtag person is over or hashtag person is over party all emerged around the same time. Mm, Yeah, I immediately think of
0: Taylor Swift is over party, (laughs) that hashtag.
1: And I think the use of, like, the word party in these really points to that gleefulness that we were talking about, especially when it comes to, like, Taylor Swift. Well, like, people kind of love to hate her. There's like a ding-dong the witch is dead vibe. Yes.
0: But, um... Speaking of hashtags, we should talk about how big of a role the internet plays in the whole concept of cancellation. Like, the only way that this exists, the only way we can spread the word about someone being cancelled is through social media.
1: Yeah, and I think it's actually kind of a powerful tool. Like, we've talked about sort of these, like, ironic or, like, funny cancellations. But the use of social media is an actual tool for marginalized people to exert power, And social media has made it possible for people, like, without financial or social power, to gain clout on Twitter and actually initiate change. Like, I mentioned before that cancelling was invented or at least amplified by Black Twitter. And many people have linked cancelling now to boycotts from the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s. And, like, those historical boycotts had this same spirit, right? Marginalised people using collective action to force change. And they worked. Like, the Montgomery bus boycott in 1955. So after Rosa Parks was arrested, Martin Luther King Jr. started a boycott, and his followers boycott the bus system for 381 days, until eventually a federal court ruled that segregating buses was unconstitutional in 1956.
0: Right. But but still, on some level, I, I hesitate to equate social media-style cancelling with, like, real activism like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just feels trivializing to call that canceling something
1: you know what I mean I I do hear what you're saying but I also think with movements like me too social media cancellation is like the only way to actually make change happen and collectively activate the population against a person who's been harmful
0: yeah this makes me actually think about our episode on doxing which is all the way from season one but we talked a lot about how Just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's not real, you know? Yeah. It's all real. It's all really happening.
1: And if you're taking away someone's online power, like, that has real financial and social consequences now. Like, online is not fake anymore. It's not real world, fake world.
0: Yeah. And it's ironic how that kind of backfires now. Like, now when someone is cancelled, they'll often do this thing where they double down and run into the arms of, like, a new right-wing fan base that appreciates them
1: because they were cancelled? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really interesting to think about how far cancel culture has gone to, like, a rallying cry now against political correctness or, like, the suppression of free speech.
0: Yeah, it's come very far. To the point that it was one of the biggest themes at this year's Republican National Convention. Right. Even during a year with, I mean, uh, let's see, a pandemic, Anti-police brutality protests happening across the country, a climate emergency, but still the biggest threat that they kept pointing to was cancel culture. Trump even said that the left is trying to cancel the nation's
1: founders by removing Confederate statues. Uh, I don't know, like picturing Trump saying canceled makes me uncomfortable in in kind of the same way that I feel when my parents say that someone was dissed. (laughs) Also, I feel like you can't cancel people from history. Can you like, <laughs> like like is John A. Macdonald ca- canceled? He's already dead,
0: right? So how can he be deplatformed in the way we mean when we say canceled? Although, yeah. saying that makes me think y- yes, there are ways to deplatform someone who's dead. I mean, the the statue's being <laughs> toppled. Um yeah. you could change the way he's written about in like grade school curriculum,
1: right? Does that classify as canceling? I I just don't think that's what canceling is. Mm. But If it works, it works. Yeah. I also think this right-wing reaction to cancel culture is just purely insincere. Like, there's this narrative that, you know, you're cancelled if you make one little mistake or slip up, and then, like, it's over for you, and outrage culture is, like, coming for your head, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think cancellation is a way to point to a certain moment of behavior that exists in a pattern.
0: I don't know. I mean, earlier in this episode, you cancelled me for... For admitting my (laughs) problematic fave. That was one thing.
1: It's one thing, but it's not one moment. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think of Don Cherry. Like, all the headlines about him say that he was fired or canceled for his poppy rant. But the poppy rant wasn't the first mistake he's ever made in his career.
0: Oh, God, no. I mean, uh, for context, he went on this uh, pretty racist old man rant where he called Toronto immigrants, you people, which, you know, anytime anyone says, quote, you people, you're in for something. Um, And he said something about like how they love their milk and honey and the Canadian way of life and buying a poppy is the least they can do.
1: Yeah, but he's been saying problematic stuff like that and worse for years, for mm-hmm. for like decades. I mean, to the point where I would say he's known for it. And that comment was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just like for some reason that one broke through the public consciousness and everyone was like, "Okay, that's enough."
0: Exactly. It's it's helpful I admit to have one big glaring example of his behavior to point to, but yeah. it's not like he's this generally acceptable guy. <laughs> Who put his foot in his mouth one time and got flattened by cancel culture.
1: No, and I think a lot of the discourse around cancel culture says, like, you know, somebody says a, like, non-PC word one time and then their career is over. When that's, like, really not normally the case. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is
0: painted as oversensitivity, like snowflake, political correctness, gone too far, blah, blah, blah. But I think we're giving the right too hard of a time here, actually. Because people from all over the political spectrum take issue with cancel culture. Like, remember when Obama spoke out against cancel culture and wokeness last year? He sort of said that young activists are too interested in purity and judgmentalism and that that's not activism.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's just a really simplistic idea of what young activists online are doing. Like... Obama's responding to that archetype of cancelers rather than what it really is most of the time, which is just an attempt to hold people accountable.
0: I mean, there are some cases of cancellations or attempted cancellations that could afford to have a bit or a lot more nuance. Um, But out of the ones we've discussed, I mean, I'm 100 percent on board when it comes to evidence of racism or transphobia or sexual assault or or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I think there are some cases where we could sit in the gray area a little bit more. But I think also the number of cases that exist in that category are really overblown. Mm -hmm.
0: And I feel like the people who write the op-eds about how cancel culture has gone too far are in some ways trying to preserve a status quo. Like uh, Jonathan Kay is a Canadian journalist and the senior editor of The Quillette, and he writes about cancel culture a lot. And he Mm -hmm. was quoted in an article about it for The New York Times called... Those people we tried to cancel, they're all hanging out together. And he said that back when he was going to law school in the 90s, quote, the presumption of innocence was seen as a progressive value. Which
1: I feel like is just a very narrow, like, faux-naive perspective on this whole thing. Like, would people have been cancelled during Me Too? Or would Me Too have even happened if the justice system that he's holding up actually worked for survivors of sexual assault? Right. Like... Cancelling is nobody's first choice. It's a reaction to many other attempts at justice not going anywhere.
0: Plus, people and often the media attach the word cancelled to anyone facing criticism, even when the actual critics never used that word in the first
1: place. Right. It's like a catchier way of saying that someone was criticized or called out. OK, here's a question. Like, does the rise of cancel culture mean that we've become unforgiving? Like... Is there room for restorative justice in here?
0: Hmm. I think the idea that we're less forgiving now than we used to be is debatable, but I think it is pretty clear that, like, for instance, politics is maybe more partisan now than perhaps it used to be. I I think we have a lot of tools to be more unforgiving now than we used to have, maybe.
1: That's That's a good thought. Yeah. This makes me think kind of of, like, the expression to call people in. So like a call out means to publicly criticize someone. So calling in is the opposite of that. It's like you're still criticizing bad behavior, but you're holding someone accountable with the goal of repairing behavior and like keeping them within the group. Can we, instead mm. of canceling out, can we cancel in? <laughs> oh, 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 God. Um. But I think that's totally be- besides the point. When somebody's trying to cancel It's someone who has an inordinate amount of power most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, common people do not need to extend, like, tons of emotional labor to explain away a very successful, famous, rich person's bad behavior. Like, that feels like the opposite spirit of cancel culture.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here's a question. Can someone cancel themselves? You sometimes see people trying to self-cancel. Like, get in ahead? <laughs> get in ahead of the cancellation?
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's really hard not to read that as, like, very martyry or, like, over-self-flagellation. Uh-huh. Like, earlier this year, the Jessica Krug situation. Uh, so Jessica Krug was an associate professor of history at George Washington University until she published this essay saying that... That she had been pretending to be black for most of her career. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And so she wrote this open letter outing herself. And many people online were saying that she was doing this because people were about to call her out. Right. And in this open letter, she said, you should absolutely cancel me. I cancel myself. Which rubbed a lot of people in the wrong way. Ugh, yeah, okay. So it's like,
0: you know what? You know how people do that thing where you're you're in an argument with them and they say, all right, then I'm a I'm a terrible person then. I guess I'm just the worst person who ever lived. And it's like,
1: don't deflect. Well, you're just saying like, fine, I'm garbage. Yeah. Like you can't be held accountable anymore because you've canceled yourself. Yeah, because
0: you've already gone ahead and, and like taken their point away. It's not good stuff. No. Um... This is a bit different, but I I just wanted to point out that we've seen, like, open letters and commissioned op-eds and and stuff like that from cancelled people, and doesn't the fact that you can write a public op-ed in a national newspaper about your own cancellation kind of mean you aren't truly cancelled?
1: Yeah, I think now we might need, like, a different word for it. Like, we talked about before how it's become kind of a joke, and it's also become, like, totally overblown, and it means too many things now
0: Mm -hmm. it's a word that's gone from a sassy way to dump your girlfriend to a joke on twitter to a sincere tool for systemic change all the way to like a a buzzword at the rnc
1: like i think we should continue to collectively organize and to put our attention and our dollars towards things we want to support and consciously not put our resources towards racist or sexist or, you know, problematic people or brands. But maybe the word cancelled isn't helping anymore? Like, if cancel feels too much like a joke, even to us, maybe we can just say boycott when we mean boycott.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen people advocate that we change it from cancel culture to consequence culture.
1: I like that. Yeah? Although... Like, saying someone has been consequenced is a lot less <laughs> satisfying. It doesn't have, like, the door slam that canceled does.
0: Yeah, canceled does, it has, like, this finality to
1: it. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted earlier this year that the term cancel culture comes from entitlement. And I think that's true. People are not entitled to a platform or to an audience. Being tuned out by the public or unfollowed does not make you a victim. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you're being, like, silenced. It just means that people are spending the currency that they have in the attention economy elsewhere. Right. Like,
0: no one has a right to a following. hmm
1: In any case, I'm glad that we finally talked about this one on the show. In planning for this episode, I was worried that we were just, like, all too sick of talking about cancel culture. But I'm glad that we didn't cancel the cancel episode. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think we can leave it there. Word Bomb is produced by me, Pippa Johnstone. And me, Karina Palmatesta. Our show is recorded in Toronto on the traditional territories of many nations, including the Wendat, the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, Métis, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation.
0: You can follow the show at Podcast on Instagram and at tvo.org
1: slash wordbomb. Thank you to everyone at TVO who makes this show possible. And thank you for listening.